Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. You're listening to the Eyes on Isles podcast with Matt O'Leary and Mitch Anderson. Hello and welcome to the Eyes on Isles podcast, episode number 60. I am Matt O'Leary, joined by Mitch Anderson. Mitch, how are you doing tonight? I am better than you are. In terms of my voice, your voice is, you sound like you're better, but there's a, there's a horse in that, that throat of yours. Oh yeah, we're not 100% just yet. The voice is going to go in and out for sure. There will be coughing fits. I guarantee you that. Um, I'm a little disappointed because I think the last time we talked for the post game show, it it looked like you were getting a little bit on the sick side, but you just like skipped it. It was like, mm, nah, not going to be about that sick life. While I just <laughs> like progressively got worse, and then and here we are. It's all about the Vicks vapor rub at night. I was definitely okay. my throat was feeling like. <clears throat> Um, you know when you you eat something that's way too hot right away, mm-hmm. and it's just like your your tongue is sandpaper. That yep. was my throat for two days. Yeah, that's the worst. And it's still kind of uh, the term I use is guppy. That's my official term for it. Um, don't look it up. It's not an actual word. That's just something that I use, and I get made fun of all the time because it's not a word. But it, it's just how I feel when my throat is just kind of just you know the grossy mucusy. I don't need to get into details. It's guppy, and I'm I'm gone. It's gone. It's it's at ninety percent, I'd say. And thank you, Vicks VaporRub, for that. We, we are not a sponsor, but we, we do appreciate that. <laughs> I'm we not paid to say that. that. I'm just yeah. a fan. Yes. So, Mitch, <laughs> do you have an addition for us? I have uh, number sixty is Kevin Poulain. There you who go, Kevin Poulain. Um, he played. How many games? 20? No, sorry. He played 50 games for the Islanders across five seasons between 2010 and 2015. Put up a 18-25 and 3 record with a uh, 307 goals against average and 899 save percentage. Not good. I remember that era quite well. It was not a fun time. Yeah, not a, not a great time. Uh, his, his most frequent appearance was in 13-14 when he played 28 games and put a 3.29 goals against and an 8.91 save percentage. I, I laugh. It's not fair. Like, 
It was bad in relative terms to the NHL. But give me some pads and put me in net. Oh boy, it's not going to be pretty. I'm going to have like a 35 goals against average with a 0.1 save percentage. Not even 0.01 save percentage. Yeah, it's it would definitely be rough, but I would pay to see that. <laughs> just to see your your lankiness trying to, to stop NHL pucks just flying around. So I play floorball. Well, I, I played floorball before, and if you're not aware of what floorball is, it's essentially wiffle ball, um, but it's it's hockey with a shorter stick and a wiffle ball. And the, there are goalies, but the goalie has to sit on his knees, and there are no pads. You've got a chest protector and a helmet, but you don't have like leg pads. You don't have a mitt. You don't have a stick. You don't have a blocker. You just have your hands. And, and I'm doing this standing in front, of, in front of the camera. Matt can see me. It's like I'm doing the Diamond Dallas page sign with my fingers. That's the position you're supposed to be in the entire time. And you've you got a net in front of you. Good luck stopping that ball, which moves all over the place. Are you just, do you play on your knees? Yeah. Yeah, you got to sit on your you knees call the that? What do you call time. that? It's called floorball. We call it floor hockey here. Yeah, it's essentially, yeah, that's exactly what it is. It's a Scandinavian thing, but uh, yeah. There you go. That's a fun time, and definitely seeing Mitch do that would be hysterical. <laughs> yes. Now, on, now onto the Islanders now. Let's talk about some actual games, because we had three. The Islanders are 2-1, and one, and what stuck out the most to you? Uh that they shouldn't be two and one. They should probably no no. You're right. No, they should be two and one. It should the the loss should have been flipped, as in they deserved to win against Nashville, but they didn't deserve to win against Carolina. Um, so I think my takeaway that's a bad takeaway um, is they're getting better. Yeah, uh, mine is similar to that. Okay. I I was gonna go with the word overachieving. And okay, sure, yeah. I know it's only a three-game sample size, so that could absolutely change. But yeah. what I mean by that is, like, no one thought the bottom six would be as good as what it is right now. Is the bottom six good, or is it just Valtteri Filippo is really good right now? Well, I mean, the Martin Suzekas clutterbuck line was very productive the last game. Yeah, again, that that's one out of eighty-two. So, like, if we're if we're taking sample size into consideration they were good and they were as advertised let's not like I don't think we should pump their tires that much they were good let's not deflate their tires but I think they were as advertised and this is what they're supposed to do every now and again give us what, what, what we need we're just seeing it in a three game sample size and it's all we've got so okay I see your, the point you're trying to make though with Valtteri Filippula being the main positive surprise from that group yeah because like outside of that what is Komarov done and what has Kunakl done and everyone's gonna go well how about you look at their um uh, their power their their penalty kill it's a hundred percent yes you're absolutely right their penalty kill is 100 percent but can we say that that's because of Komarov and and uh and Kunakl even Komarov speaking to to was it Staple said like listen there's not much more that we're doing there's not much that we're doing different from other teams everyone sets up their PK essentially the same way with fine little tweaks here and there this isn't revolutionary what we're doing. We're just sticking to the plan. So is it Komarov or is it the plan? I'm pretty sure it's the plan. So if, if we're going to celebrate anyone, it should be Barry Trotz. Okay. Uh, yes. Yes. And I when, mostly sorry, agree with you. When I say everyone, we should celebrate everyone. I mean, when we're looking at that bottom six. Sorry. Go ahead. I mostly agree with you, but 
it's hard to say that if you had these same guys and just had Doug Waite behind the bench, that they also wouldn't be 100% on the PK. Well, that, that's exactly what I'm saying, is that they wouldn't be 100% on the PK if you swap out Barry for Doug Waite. I know. I'm saying that the, I don't know if you can really tell that because I thought that these these guys are better penalty killers than what they had last year, i.e. Nikolai Kuhlman. Sure, but they, they've had these guys before and had a successful penalty kill, right? Like, under Capuano, they had the same guys, and they well, had a pretty good penalty kill. Well, not Filipilo, Kunakal, and Komarov. No, no, but I mean from, like, last year. They had the the Kulemans, they had the Clutterbuck, the Sezikis, the Martin, even, under Capuano, and they had a good penalty kill. I, I don't have the stat in front of me, but, like, I'm pretty sure in, was it 15, no, 14, 15, they were, like, the fourth-ranked penalty kill in the league. All right. All right, you're starting to sway me, but I, I wouldn't yeah. go 100%, like, yeah, this is all Barry Trotz. I think the players have to have a little bit of, of it. Okay. So I'd go, I'd go 85-15 Trotz. 85-15 Trotz? Uh, yeah. Okay. Sure, I'm willing to go higher than that, but I, I see what you're saying. I could... I would go as, as low as 90. All right. We're getting into a little semantics here with the, the 5%. <laughs> yes, we're, we're splitting hairs. But that, I think, Phil Pula being a huge surprise. Also, to me, I think the goalies, especially in two out of three games, were a surprise as well. Oh, a huge surprise. Ridiculous surprise. Um, so it was, sorry, it was 15-16 where the Islanders had the fourth-ranked penalty kill in the league with 84.5%. Okay, wow. Right, which was the last year that Matt Martin was here? That's right. So, um, yeah, the goalies were fantastic. Uh, Grice slipped up a bit against uh, the Predators, although, yeah, I think I think Grice deserves a little bit of blame there, just a bit. It's not like he was terrible, it's just he wasn't great. Um, but that's fine when it's playing against the uh, the National Predators, the President's Trophy National Predators. Right. Like, I think he deserves part of the blame. I don't think all the goals were his fault. Mm-mm. But I think, like you said, a part of it is you're going up a team against a team that is miles better than you on paper. Yeah. And you only lost by a goal. You were in the game the whole time. You should have won the game, right? Yeah, realistically. You like, probably should have. The two goals that sunk him in the second period shouldn't have happened. It was very much against play. Um, but let's not like re go over it again. We do this with our with our Patreon after every game. We go through a dissect period after period. Let's not reduce the product that we have outside of this on Patreon. No, 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 no. Uh, so the main point of this topic to start yes. was to just talk about as a whole the feeling after the first three games. And overall, okay. I think the feeling is positive, right? Yes. Okay. Um, I think we said this on the Patreon, um, but let's let's frame it a little bit differently. What is your confidence interval for this team? Are you in, in, in range of one to five? Five being super confident and one being not confident at all. Confident and like that they... well. Confident in that they'll win or just confident in the direction they're going? Let's say confident in the direction they're going. Oh, confident in the direction they're going? Four and a half? Yeah. I, I'm at a solid four. 
and you could talk me up to four and a half without twisting my arm. Right? Like they're making market improvements after every game. They see a weakness. Okay, address it. Well, we gave up 46 shots against a Corsi heavy team. Not terrible, but let's fix that. They did that the very next game against the National Predators. And then they got even better against the San Jose Sharks. So we'll see. They go on the road now for four games. Um, we'll see what happens there. What, what's, your, what's your best case scenario for this road trip against Nashville, Anaheim, Kings, San Jose? Split. Okay, that's best case scenario? Well, that's what that's what I want. I want a split. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. I'll, I'll take a split. Uh, if I remember correctly, they're yeah they're playing a back to back. So they play Nashville on Saturday. They don't play till Wednesday. God, that's a huge break. They play one game in like a week. That's insane. That's ridiculous. Uh, and then they they play the late games against Nashville or sorry Anaheim, Los Angeles back to back, and then Sharks. And then they don't play again till the next Wednesday. They get another three day break. Oh my God! Insane. In the membrane. Yeah, I don't the think there's any way you win all four. So I would no. say best case scenario is three. Yeah, agreed. So, but I think realistically they'll split. Yeah, my, I'm going in with the expectation that it's a split two and two. What if they go like one three and zero oh, or one two and one? How do you feel? One and three. I'm a little. I'm not feeling so hot anymore. If you at least get a point in one of the other ones, I'm okay with, I guess. I see, like, I'm not okay with a one and three, but I will understand a one and three because this team shouldn't be as good as we've seen in these last three games. I thought, we'll see, right? 80 to so another 79 games to go. I just, if it's one, three, and oh, I could see, like, okay, that's, they are regressing to form. I got it. I, so I'm not okay with it, but I understand it. But I, I think based on what we've seen, uh, a, a two and two is absolutely, absolutely doable. Yeah, and I think that's fair expectations. I think anything less than that at this point is just being too negative, and I think anything more than that, you're just trying to be too positive. Yeah, agreed. Cool. All right. So if you enjoy our talk on the games, especially, and want to hear more post game content, what you can do is you can subscribe to our patreon i will link it in the bio of this the, the description of this podcast that you're currently listening to so if you subscribe five dollars a month you get a post game for every single game they play every single game we will hop on the mics and talk about it after you also get a weekly mailbag show that we're going to record later and that will be dropping later tonight and you get to support us which is awesome and a sweet newsletter. Bam. I forgot about the newsletter. My bad. You also get a newsletter that Mitch puts together and does a real nice job with. So hat tip to Mitch. Thank you. Thank and you for, for, for doing these podcasts. Thank you, Mr. Uh, editor over there. Yes, I'm, I'm, I'm out here trying. That's all I could say. <laughs> <laughs> um, but also, we want to thank those who have already subscribed to, you know, mm. that they they usually listen to this show, too. And we, we are really appreciative of it because... It allows us to do even more content and put out even more stuff, which is awesome. Yes, merci. Absolutely. Mitch, want to talk about some prospects now? Get into oh, a little prospect talk? you know I do. Okay, so the Islanders have had a very solid week, not only on the ice at the NHL level, but at all other levels too, because their prospects are tearing it up. You have a list of some of them and some of their stats so far, so let's get into it now. 
Okay, first, your boy, Michael Del Cole. I, I, I want to get to that one first. Because yeah. you wrote a piece about it. You had to write a, not had to, but you actually <clears throat> voluntarily wrote a positive piece about Michael Del Cole. How did you feel? I just want to get in your headspace. I don't even want to talk about what he did yet. I just want to know how you felt writing that. Did you read it? I, I read it. Okay. Well, I kind of took away some of the credit at the end. I know, but still. You still had to give him some credit. I still had to give him some credit, but it was more like, are we really going to praise this in year four after being drafted fifth overall? Like, tearing up, is tearing up the AHL, like, are we okay with that? Almost half a decade after he was drafted fifth overall. Because if that's where the bar is right now, that's pretty sad. That is still bust level, Mitch. That's like saying, are we upset that this guy who's been in a coma for three years actually has a pulse? Or sorry, happy that this guy has a pulse. Yes, we're happy he says he has a pulse. He's got a pulse. There's a sign of life. Keep going. Keep trying. Let's keep this going because we need this guy to be alive. It's just not good value at fifth overall. No, I know it's not. It's not great. But if we can eventually get something out of this guy, let's do that. Let's pump his tires. Pump his tires hard. And I'm doing the motion to pump his tires, but it looks like I'm doing something a lot dirtier than I'm actually doing. <laughs> Don't make me <laughs> Look, the guy's got four points in two games at the AHL level. That does not sound like a lot, but that's 17% of his production from last season in two games. That's in 3% of the time. That's nuts. That's a great turnaround. Is it sustainable? No, he's not going to score two points a game. Oh, maybe, but I, I, not likely. He's going to score two points a game for the rest of the AHL season. But if this guy sticks at a point, even .75 points per game, that's outstanding. Look, .75 points per game on a 60-game season, is 45 points. You sign up all day for that from, from Michael Dal Cole. But what are you doing with him? Well, it, it gives you a proper headache, a headache that you're like, I don't know what to do with this kid. Do we sign him? Because I'm pretty sure he's at the end of his deal, is he not? I know Josh Hosang's a RFA. So I would imagine that that would be the same thing for Dal Cole, who was drafted in the same year. I'm pretty sure they both are. Yeah, I'm just going to Cap Friendly now. They've switched up their way they've done this. And Del Cole is indeed in the last year of his uh, deal at $863,000. Man, I'm trying to trade him at the draft. Yeah, probably, sure. And but and if he's if he's doing well, hey, we might be looking at another uh, Griffin Reinhardt situation. Maybe even more, <laughs> right? Reinhardt got us a first and a second after, was it three years from being drafted? And he did nothing. I was it three. I guess it was three years, but now that would be five years after he was drafted for Dal Cole. 20, yeah. yeah, this is the 2019 draft, right? But like I said, Reinhardt did nothing. If Dal Cole is a good year, at least he's got a good year where you're like, okay, maybe this big guy is actually ready to take a step forward. I take a shot at him. So what do you think? You call Shirelli and hope he's still an idiot? Like Hell that? yeah, that's the first call you make. I guess, but. I, I don't know if anyone's going to be buying high on Michael Dalcol. It's more of like, okay, I'll take a flyer on this guy, even if he does have a good year. Sure. Then you're getting something, right? Like, why not? Would you be happy if you got your third round pick back that you <sighs> somehow gave for Brandon Davidson? No. Like, obviously, you're not happy anything. You're not happy with whatever happens. I, I think I'd rather something more. Uh, it, it just, we'll see what comes of it. 
It's true. If all we can get is a third round, all right, fine. Like, it's something. Uh, but I'm just excited that there's a pulse here. I'm excited that there's a pulse, a sign of life, and let's pump this guy's tires. Let's keep that sign of life going. At best, we trade him. At even better, he works into the lineup and is like a good third line player. I'll take that. Okay, then where's Bellows going? See, there's so many questions. So many questions I have, Mitch. That's great. We have we have too many questions because we have too many good, young, talented players. That's exactly what you want. You're rolling I your guess. eyes. They can't I see guess. it. These people can't see it because it's a podcast, but I can see it because I got a camera in front of your face and you, you did bad. like the 16-year-old the eye roll. Like, oh, God. I have to embrace my role as the millennial on this podcast, Mitch. <laughs> I have okay. to. I'm playing a role here. Um, <laughs> all right. Um, other notable uh, prospects are Oliver, Oliver Wallstrom. I almost couldn't say yes. the name. Who earned himself a Rookie of the Week for the NCAA Hockey East. Um, although, like, whatever kind of thing. You know why he earned he, he earned it? Because he scored two, two goals in an exhibition game. There's two goals in one period. Big deal. Still just two goals in a game. Right? No. I'm not going to let you throw Oliver Wallstrom's Sorry. name around he like that. He scored two goals in 20 minutes, but didn't score a goal over 40 minutes. So, like, which way do you want to look at it? Mitch, if you're going to be out here slandering <laughs> Oliver Wallstrom, we're going to have some problems. All right? Oh. This guy is the next Patrick Line. All right. And I won't be having you, Mitch Anderson, up in Canada, trash my guy like this. What I, what I'm t- trashing is is the the acclaim acclaim that he got this week. He he did well. Let's not take that away from him. But like, <clears throat> you got a rookie of the year for a rookie of the week for playing in. Why are you even giving a rookie of the week away when it's exhibition? There are no games. What are you doing? Giving it? Just wait. Just wait a week. Do you have to give it now? No one's been playing. No one's played a game in the NCAA. What are you giving a rookie of the week award for? Oh God! All right. Too Fair, many subway fine. gift cards to give away. Like <laughs> they're college kids; they got to take what they can get. <laughs> I know, I know. Okay, but yeah, Ali Ali deserves the Ollie, praise. My God, Ali deserves it. He's gonna go from the NCAA to the NHL next year. It's gonna be all good. Yeah, fair enough. I, I I'm super stoked. I think he's gonna light the league on fire, and I can't wait. And by league, I mean NHL. Sorry. Yeah, no, totally. I think he is your. Prototypical scoring winger. Yes. And I want him. I want him bad. You want him. Want him bad. All right. So next up is um, this guy called Bodie Wild, who last I checked has eight points in six games, is it? I have it written down here. I'm far from the mic. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah. Eight points in six games. Two goals, six assists. Yeah. I like like that pick a lot. I thought he was going to go in the middle of the first round. He dropped to the second round. Then the Islanders scooped up him and Noah Dobson. Yeah. So Bodie Wild playing at this level is an even better sign because right-handed defensemen are hard to come by, and especially young ones. Mm -hmm. So the more the Islanders have, i.e. Ryan Pulak, Noah Dobson, and Bodie Wild. Devin Taves. Devin Taves is a lefty. Is he a lefty? Dang it. Yes. I feel like we do this every single yeah, week. we do it every week. Um, that is, that's perfect. You could either keep all three of them and have like uh, Nashville Predators like blue line, potentially, or yep. 
flip one of them for an asset. Yep. You're in good shape. The more the merrier. I'm all in. Um, and then uh, some other notables is Anatoly Golishev out in Russia, who plays for Avtomobilist, has 12 points in 14 games. That's pretty okay. darn good. And then the goalies. Yakov Skarik in five games has a 2.03 goals against Savage. Sorry, no. He's got a 2-0-3 record with a 1.53 goals against Savage and a 9.25 save percentage with a shutout. And Ilya Sorokin in 10 games played is 6-2-1 with a 145 goals against and a 9.27 with one shutout. So both of our goalies, beauty. That's what I like to see. That is what I like to see. The young pups doing the darn thing <laughs> over all over the world, really. Yeah. We're Mr. Worldwide is the Islanders prospect system. There we go. Yeah. Uh, and fifth rated in the entire league. Wait. Oh, yes. At the start of the season. That's before these guys started doing stuff. Mm-hmm. It's all projection and conjecture. And after they trade Jordan Eberle at the trade deadline for another first round pick, no. the Islanders draft two more guys in 2019 he's going to go up to number one yeah okay fair enough all right so on that on that okay you wrote something so we're at the what minute mark of the podcast we're at the 23 minute mark so we're going to take some time to talk about this okay you wrote something this week 25 bold predictions for new york islanders this season Mm 2018-19 now i won't go through all 25 because that's a lot and kudos on you for writing 6500 ish words that's insane it was a lot. Yep. Um, although I'm sure anyone who's writing a dissertation or a, 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 a thesis is going to be like, I wrote like 10,000 words. Yes, you did. Don't worry about it. What you're writing is probably more important than what we're writing in terms of sports. No, but I, I write about <laughs> hockey every day and it's great. It's very important. Um, okay. So I want to bring up three that I have. I have one from the lower tier, one from the middle tier and one from the top. And I assume you, you rank them by like their spiciness. I tried to. I honestly, if we're being completely honest for a second, it was the order in which I thought them up. <laughs> All right. Fair enough. Okay. So first one, I thought this one was chalk. Um, I say that like just derivatively, but or just anyways, like it's anyways, Matt Barzell, 90 plus points. To me, that's chalk. It's almost like a guarantee for me at this point that he's going to hit 90 points. Like it's already happened. Really? I think okay. he could hit 100 points. Wow. Okay. All right. You're you're a little more confident than I am. Like he could, he could have easily just only put a point per game, but he's already got what? 3 and 3 4 and 3 games. 4 and th- yeah. So, was it 4 divided by 3 times 82? That's 109 points over the season, my friend. Okay. We'll see if he continues. Like I don't I don't think he does exactly 109 points, but if anyone's got the potential to do so on the New York Islanders, it's Matthew Barzell, is it not? Yeah, if I had to pick one. Yeah. So what was your rationale on this one? Why did you think Matt Barzell could do 90-plus points? I told you mine, and I'm sure you're going to say the same thing. Um, Because I think that he is extremely talented. He put up 85 last year, and I think he's only going to get better. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm, I wasn't ready to jump up to the full 100. A 15-point difference I feel like is a lot, but five I think is a little more reasonable. Yeah. I, I, I said that before the season started. And I wasn't super confident about it, but seeing on on how he's playing now and how Josh Bailey's playing with him, right? Oh, I, I'm I'm 
I'm growing and I'm beaming in confidence at the 100 point mark. He might not hit it, and I'm fine with that, but I know he's going to hit over 80 points. I know that, and I'm pretty sure he's going to hit 90 points. So, Which is phenomenal for a 21-year-old. Yes, that's right. He's only 21. He's still going to get better. He's still going to get better. <laughs> he's going to. What a time. Okay. I, so I'm going to go through my three, and, and, okay. and you interject as you will. Sure. Um, the next one that I picked out is Devin Tays is going to be in the top four before the end of the year. Okay. I think that's going to happen come December. I think Lou's going to make a trade. By December, you'll see Devin Tays up there. Okay. I'm not 100% sure it's going to be that early. I do think that it's going to be... I think I said right around the trade deadline. Which so makes sense. That's February. It ranges, right? Yeah, I think it's February year. 25th this year. I'm not all looking up. I got a Google machine here. Yeah, so it's late February, early March. So that's... A month. I think he gets. I'll say two months in the top four. Okay, fair enough. Uh, why is it not coming up here? I'll, I'll find it. I'm pretty sure it's the 25th, if not like the 26th. Um, yeah, I'm not finding it. I don't know why Google is being a bum today. I said 2019 NHL trade deadline and didn't pull up anything. That's okay. Anyways, I'm pretty sure it's 25th, 26th. Someone correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure it's around that time. Um, so I, I agree he's going to be in. I think he's going to be in earlier than you. Um, I wrote something today about going after William Nylander because he has not signed yet. I thought Nick Letty for Nylander. Some people said no. A lot of people said yes. I don't know which one is the more popular option, but... I, I would do it. Yeah, and and that the only reason I, I said that is getting rid of Nick Letty. It's not that I don't like Nick Letty. It's I think that... You're getting rid of a player who at most put up 46 points. So in his position, he's not the top ranking. And by position, I mean defenseman. But he's pretty high up there. And same thing with William Carlson, who's a 22-year-old 22, 22 center. He's 22 and put up back-to-back... Si- Did I say Carlson? Yeah. I, I said... I was writing that in a tweet earlier today, and I panicked thinking I wrote that all over the post. And sure enough, I didn't. And so now it's just ingrained in my head. <laughs> yes, Nylander put up back-to-back 61-point seasons. And like we said with Barzal, he's only 22. He's going to get better. He's going to get better. And then you put him with Anders Lee, Anders Lee, whichever one. I heard Andrew Gross say Anders today, so I don't know which one to say anymore. You put him with Anders Lee and Jordan Eberle. Like, come on. Come on. Like this- or, Mitch, I'll do you one better. Oh, no. How? how? You put him with Anders Lee and Oliver Wallstrom next year? No. Exactly. Like, this kid could do some good. Some good. And uh, the only reason the Toronto Maple Leafs don't want to sign him is they don't want to give him more than 6.5. So you're giving up Letty. You're clearing out six. You already have... How much do they have now after the Kovar? They've got 9.4. I think 10. They've got 9.4 now. And I think they'll clear out another 9.75 with... Uh, or 0.975 with Kovar. So yeah, they'll be at 10.3. You give him 7. 7.5. You still have... Over $2 million, you lose Letty. Or, yeah, Letty, you drop that down. Like, come on. Come on, just do it. Dude, what would you what would you give Nylander? Like a 7-7? Seven and seven? I, I would try. Yeah. Why not? Like, he, he wants 8. The Leafs won't budge from 6.5, according to Chris Johnson. So, you start, you start at 7. Yeah, I'm even... 
I'd be willing to give him the eight million, but I'd try to get it in that seven range. Oh yeah, I, I, I would try to, to. I would start at seven, hoping that we could go to seven five, no higher than that. Agree. Right. Look, Mark Stone is getting seven point three million dollars for one year from the Ottawa Senators, and sure enough, he's technically better. But if you average out his last four seasons worth of production, he's a sixty point two five point player per season, and he's also twenty six. Nylander's four years younger and already averaging exactly 61 points for the last two years. You have a potentially better player than Mark Stone, and Mark Stone's making 7.3. There's your argument for giving him 7.5. Yeah, I think it's fair. So, that's just me. Um, okay, so we talked about Taze getting on the roster. We both agree. I think we not only agree because it's a good idea, but we want to see that happen badly. Yeah, um, and then my last one is you said they're going to have multiple first round picks. And I think you just touched on it earlier with, with our prospect chat. Mm-hmm. Why do you think they're going to get multiple first round picks? Like if there's only one real way they can do that. So go for it. I think that you're trading Jordan Everly at the trade deadline because you're out of it. Mm. That's what I would do anyway, because I don't think you're re-signing both Lee and Everly. And the fact that you gave Lee the captain, you kind of hitch your, your wagon to Lee. So instead of just letting... Everly go for nothing, like something that just happened in July. <laughs> that guy who will remain nameless. Yeah, so you hold a team hostage, like what the New York Rangers did with the Boston Bruins with Rick Nash. Yeah. Jordan Everly is worlds better than Rick Nash at this point in his career. Oh, God, yeah. And, and the Rangers got a boatload for him, a boatload for him. So I'm trying to get a first-round pick. I'm trying to get a prospect and even maybe like a depth, like a semi-good depth player, or maybe depth player, maybe not. But a we we player, already have enough of those. No I thanks. meant like, like a role kind of player. You know, not someone like a star who's NHL regular, but just like a regular guy, a Brock Nelson replacement. Me no likey. I like the idea of the trade. If we're getting a first rounder, I'm fine with that. You're gonna get multiple pieces, though. Yeah. I don't think it's all gonna be picks. No, that's fair. Um yeah, I, I'm I'm a, I'm on board. I have the same argument, the same understanding. You you couldn't you could necess, you could theoretically sign both. You could, um, but if you can get something for one of them, like you're gonna have. Like we just talked about earlier in the right wing, Oliver Wallstrom's coming in. You swap in Josh. Oliver Wallstrom for Jordan Eberle. That's pretty good. And don't forget about Hosang. That's right. Hosang's still there. Um, don't we have another right righty somewhere? Probably, but I forget. Either way, either way, that's at least two guys that can fit into the roster next season mm-hmm. at the earliest. And if you can get, like you said, a good piece for him, look, even if you trade him one for one, right, you get a good defenseman out of it or you get a goalie out of it. You do that. You do that because you have, you know, you've got depth behind him. Not only depth in the roster where you, you just like move everyone up, you could insert someone in that spot while keeping everyone else in, in their position. Right? It's not exactly. like you put up Cal Clutterbuck on the second line. No, you no. insert <laughs> no. You insert Wallstrom or Hosang right there. Boom. Done. There's your second line right wing. Perfect. Yeah. I'm the more I think about it, the more I want Everly to be traded. And I this is not a knock on Jordan Everly. No. I not like at all. him a lot as a player, but I don't like I said before, I don't think it's smart to lock in big time money to both Everly and Lee. And the fact that you gave Lee the the captain position shows that 
you're you want him long term. I think, in my opinion, you're not going to just do this for a one year thing. That doesn't make any sense. That would be very strange, very Islanders, but very strange. Yeah, that's like very anti Lou Lamarillo and Barry Trotz, though. No. Yeah, that's true. That that doesn't fit in like the Lou regime of things. It does fit in like the previous iteration of Islanders GMs, but not this guy. No. Uh, yeah, I, I'm totally with you. I don't, I don't, I don't see them keeping both. While I've argued previously on this pass on on this pod that they can keep both, and they they still could, um, if you have the the ability the ability to to trade a Jordan Everly and he's putting up another 50, 60 points, you do so. Yeah, sorry, bud. Um, I guess you kind of gave your answer. So, is your answer for the one that's most likely? Going to happen, the Matthew Barzell one? Yes. Okay, for me, it's Anders Lee finishing in the top 10 in goals because he's already off to a hot start. Yeah, that's true. Okay, so what are we thinking is top 10, right? Let me bring it up here. Um, that's going to take me a bit here, but... I think he was... He's fourth. Seven, he's fourth over the last two years. I think it was seventh last year. Okay, that makes that makes sense. Um, yeah, top like, I don't see why not. So, oh, I'm not going to do this here. There's a ton of people at like two goals. Um, he scored 40 last year. So, do you think he scores 40 again this year then? Mm-hmm. Maybe. I think it's high high 30s. Okay. So, he tied for second last year. Or sorry, tied for seventh with uh, Tyler Sagan. Both of them had 40 goals. He was one off Connor McDavid and two off Eric Stahl and Evgeny Malkin. So he could have, with two more goals, sit up in fourth. But like two goals on a 40 goal score, um, there's no way he would have hit OV territory with 49. No, but I think like a 38 to 42 range is what we're looking at this year. Yeah, so um, 10th was Nathan McKinnon or tied Nathan McKinnon, Kucherov, Hall. For forty for thirty nine goals, so we're thinking if you got to, to get in the top ten, you got to score at least thirty nine forty goals, and you said forty two, that fits like thirty eight forty two range. Yeah, in that range because you, you, again, like the numbers could go down a little bit, they can fluctuate fluctuate a little bit. So I'm thinking somewhere between like thirty eight forty two, which I mean he seems right on par with that. Yeah, so he's got what two goals already this year. Yeah. Two goals, three games on pace for what? Like something ridiculous, I assume. Um, two divided by three. Oh, I know the math. Why am I doing this? 0.66. It's uh, 55. <laughs> That's not going to last. No. But who? look, this is power play is really good. It's really good. What, they're at 27.2, 27.5% efficiency? Oh, that's another one that it reminded me of. Yeah. Kind of opposite, but no, I wasn't going to talk power play. Uh, I I said that their penalty kill would go above 80%. (laughs) I think that's an absolute lock for how it's been for their first three games. So, okay, 80%. Let's put that into perspective. Last year, oh, whoops, I am looking at this year. Last year they had, obviously, the the worst power play since 1988, 89. Sorry, penalty kill. Essentially 30 years. Yeah, essentially 30 years. So, to hit 80... The Pittsburgh Penguins had an, a flat 80% PK efficiency. They were 17th in the league. So, like, hitting 80 isn't, like, asking for the world. It is no. based off of last year when they had 73.2. But they're at 100%. They're going to get scored on. I'm thinking they hit, like, an 82-83% efficiency. And then they're they're sitting, like, 5th, 6th, maybe a little bit higher, depending on how other teams do. 
Yeah, but I don't. I don't think over eighty is that crazy. Either. No, I don't. Right, under eighty would be crazy. Right, based on what we're seeing, unless it's like a complete capitulation where they just like they 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 lose absolute faith in the system for no reason whatsoever. Right, it just doesn't make any sense. But they they, they could, I suppose. I just sure. don't see it happening. Why would you all of a sudden like just buy out unless Barry Trotz is like after one big loss is like bust down the door and just starts cursing out your bleep, your bleep, your mom's bleep and everyone else's bleep. If he just comes in like guns a blazing in the dressing room, I guess that could do it, but he just doesn't seem like the kind of guy to do that. No, I don't see this thing going off the rails. Yeah. I, I, so speaking about that, I know where we're going a little bit off here, but I mentioned a blowout. Do you see a Dougie blowout being no longer? Mm-hmm. Like, it doesn't seem, based off these three games, that this team could get the doors blown off of them. It's possible, obviously, but, like, it's going to have to be, like, a perfect storm. I will say there will be less than five Dougie blowouts this year. That's On the entire season. Okay, I'm going to go less than three or less. Okay. And and what are we considering a Dougie blowout, just for reference sake? Like, five-nothing? I say uh, four goal differential. Okay. So like six two could count. Okay. Okay. Four goal swing. I can get behind that. Fair enough. Yeah. So I say four goal swing happens less than five times. Yeah. I'm saying three or less. All right. I'll try to remember that. Which I probably won't, but someone write it down and tweet it at us. Someone remind me when the fourth one happens. Yeah, um, for me, those are the ones that stuck out. If you want to read the all 25, which I suggest you do, you can head to the website, eyesonisles.com, and find it there. Please do. Uh, okay, one last part. We have to talk about my boy. Yes. My boy, Josh Bailey. We did the math earlier. Sorry, I just burped. Thank you, beer. Um, has four points in three games and is on pace for a cool, crisp 109 points. Mmm, haters. I can feel the tears. Are you ju- you're just drinking all the tears. I am ba- I'm not even drinking beer. This is pure hater tears. <laughs> Brewed and carbonated in my basement. Mmm. Haterade. <laughs> <laughs> Got him. Um, but, I'm dying. <laughs> but as Mitch oh. dies, Josh Bailey has been fantastic so far oh. this season. And everyone, not everyone, but a lot of people said that he was going to regress, that he was going to be a 35 point player again because John Tavares was gone. False. He has been just oh, as wrong. good. Wrong. <laughs> wrong. He has been just as good as he was the last two years. Uh, it's perp and he's shooting more. Oh, I know I know Andrew Tesler, one of our writers, wrote how his one timers developed, and he's absolutely right. This guy's shooting maybe not rockets, but he's shooting one timers. He's shooting. This isn't something that Josh Bailey's no. done before. No, but his one timer on the off wing yes. on the power play. Oh. Ooh, that's a thing of beauty. That's a thing of beauty. Barzell, did you see that Dimitri Filipovich tweeted how it's insane how much attention Matthew Barzell gets, and he took screen grabs mm-hmm. of the game against the Sharks during that power play. When was it? Ba- when Bailey scored? No, when Bailey shot it in so that it was Lee's goal. <clears throat> yes. Um, yeah. 
He had four of the four defenders on him, leaving Bailey completely open. This no respect. They give he's the Rodney Dangerfield of the NHL. They have no respect <laughs> for um for Josh Bailey. They have too much respect for Matthew Barzell. And, and and to be fair, they leave Matthew Barzell alone. You're like, all right, well, I'm just gonna find another way to score a goal. Yeah, it's the perfect storm for the Islanders power play right now. Yes, it's perfect. And Josh Bailey's reaping the rewards. I am loving it, like a McDonald's commercial. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. So, yes. are you backing off of your original point prediction for him this year? Are you going back to he's going to be over 70? No. I, I, I want to believe he will be. I just think a three-game sample size is too little. Like, everything's just going perfectly right for him right now. I, I don't see it sustaining... I think what like we said, sixty-five points or higher. I think sixty-five is a good number, and that's a, that's perfect. Look, he's getting what five million dollars a year. Five. That's fantastic value for a sixty-five point winger. I'm a okay with that for a guy who was scoring what is it three years ago, thirty-two points in eighty-one games. I'm yeah, that was gross. A okay with that. Like that's perfect. If you get that for the next few years, maybe he doesn't give that to you for all six. He probably declines the last two, if we're being completely honest. Oh, absolutely, for sure. But let's say he gives you four years of 60-plus points. You got your money's worth. Yeah, definitely. Out of a guy who didn't want to go anywhere. Like, that's perfect. The guy who, sorry, didn't want to go anywhere, wanted to be here. That's perfect. Right, and we're hoping Anders Lee could be the same thing. Yes. Because I think he's next in, I think he's next in line to get that extension. I, I, I'm sure, any day now, any day that extension's coming. Did we talk about what we would give, like what our number was for, for Lee? I, I did in mine. I, I, I know I wrote fine. I wrote something about it, but did we do it on the podcast? No, we didn't do it on the podcast. Okay. At the same time, on three, what is your AAV for Anders Lee? So Anders, Anders, whatever. Um, don't give me uh, his, his years. Don't give me the total. Just his AAV. All right? You ready? Okay. One, two, three, seven. Seven million. We both said it, but I don't think we lined up the audio at the right time. <laughs> it's going to sound so late when we line it up for sure. Um, good old internet lag. Uh, yeah, seven. Easy. For sure, right? Like, at best, yeah, seven, seven, five? Probably. I mean, he could make the case for it. He's been one of the premier goal scorers in the league. I just, I think six years for $7 million a year. So six for 42. Sorry, so how many years did you say? I I, I heard it. it didn't, I didn't register in my brain. Six. Oof. Yeah, they, they might have to give him that six year just to drop the AV. I'm hoping for five, but they might. he might go six, right? Because he's 28 right now. He'll be 29 during the season. So six years, you're looking at 35 years old. That's a lot of money for a 35-year-old. Yes. Yes, it is. But I think it's going to be necessary for if you want to keep that AAV down, like we just said. Yeah. Um, which is he? Yeah, he's going to be. Yeah, UFA. No, his birthday's in July. Oh, so he just turned twenty-eight. Yeah. Yes. So you get him for okay, fine. Twenty-nine, thirty, thirty-one, thirty-two, thirty-three, thirty-four. Yeah, I'm okay with that then. All right, fine. I thought he was turning twenty-nine for some reason. Maybe I was confused with um, Jordan Eberle, who turns. 29 in November, I thought. Who knows? Well, someone, something like that. Yeah. That sounds right. Yeah. 
Um, did you have anything else on the Josh Bailey situation and his no. rise to a hundred point player? No, I'm just I'm just excited about it. Yes, I, I'm super stoked. It, just like last year, picking up where where we left off. Um, so, yeah, want to do some social stuff? I very much do. I I have one on the deck right now. All right, hit me with and it. It's tasty. Um, so this is tweeted out at four sixteen p.m. from Vancouver, British Columbia, and it's TSN Radio Vancouver at oh, TSN ten forty. Yeah, you saw this, huh? It says mm-hmm. it's from at Ray Ferraro. Who, uh, you know, love Ray, good old ex Islander. What signing John Tavares did, it really shortened the Leafs' winning window. Yes. Oh, there's more. They're going to run into not a cash squeeze, but a cash sledgehammer. Oh, the visuals. And they're going to have to throw people off board, oh, sorry, overboard quicker than they would have and had they not signed Tavares. I'm eating that all day. Just. Right into the veins. Right in Let's there. Go. Mm, baby. And we're seeing that, again, we spoke about it earlier with Nylander. We're seeing it already. When Shanahan coming out, oh, you're going to have to take some cuts to, to stick with the team because that's what we did with the... I don't know if he talks like that. I'm just trying a different accent. Um, for, for that's what we did with Detroit, and that's what we'll do here. Meanwhile, Nylander is like, I want to be paid what I'm supposed to be paid, like every other player in the league, like you just did to the guy you brought in who you didn't even make captain. So, yeah, I'll get what I'm paid while I'm in a mode. Thank you very much. Yeah, I could totally see it. Uh, I had one that I wanted to toss at you. Okay. Well, it's not really one specific tweet. I'm going to leave that anonymous. It's more of a public service announcement. Okay. <clears throat> Let's not say that after three games, the culture is completely changed because of okay. guys like... Valtteri Filpula playing well, all right? I cannot handle the chirps that are coming my way (laughs) because I came out and I said that winning changes cultures and bad hockey players don't. I didn't. I don't know why that's such a controversial take, but apparently it is. I know nothing about the sport. I don't deserve to write. I should just stay home all day and do nothing, <laughs> Mitch. That's what I should do with my life because I can't function in society because I think good hockey players winning games changes the culture and not jersey numbers on the back and not Luka Spiza, Leo Komarov, Tom Kunakel, and whoever else you want to throw in there. I actually liked Phil Bula the best out of that bunch. I'm not saying he was, I didn't think he'd be this good right away. I thought maybe he'd give you 32 points as the third line center. Fine. Go home with that. But I am not ready to sit here and say, oh, well, yeah, those bringing in a million bottom six guys and two fourth lines, that's a good idea. I'm not ready to say that just yet. Okay, fair enough. Uh, I just want to bring something up here. Uh, it is 2016-17. So we all remember Dennis Seidenberg, right? Yes. Uh, we all remember how he came out like a rocket out of a ship. Is that, is that the visual I'm going to go for? A cannon out of a cannon, or a cannonball out of a cannon. Wow, that was really clumsy by me. Um, in his first, like, let's, 12 games, he put up... Two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, eight points. And everyone's going, oh my God, this was the best signing ever. It, it gets even better than that. I think he puts up like 14 points in his first like 25 games. And people are losing their minds about Dennis Seidenberg being this great player. Guess what? That didn't work out. 
Dennis Seidenberg regressed oh, significantly from there. In the, in the, the first half of that, that first season, he was good. Borderline really good. And then it dropped significantly. And then he got another contract. And then a PTO after that. Yeah. So, like, yes, Valtteri Filippola is amazing right now. We didn't see this coming. On paper, this shouldn't happen. This shouldn't happen. But, like, let's ride it. Let's ride it out. And maybe Lou is right. Maybe this is exactly what he thought was going to happen. And you know what? Kudos to him. And I'm really, I'm ready to say, like, okay, fine. I was wrong so far. But, like, okay. All right. I'm wrong. I'm wrong about Filippola. But I'm not wrong about Kunhakel. And I'm not wrong about Komarov. So, and, and, and I'm not the only one. A lot of us have said that. But it seems like it's working, at least with Filippola. And that's great because that's your fourth line center putting up, what, three points in the first three games? That's great. Yeah. It's great. So I, I understand your frustration. Um, but then again, you're basing that feedback on Twitter.com, which is obviously a cesspool that we all can't step away from, which is fine. I, no. I, I love Twitter. I understand it's a cesspool. I understand it, and I'm part of the cesspool, but I willingly acknowledge that, and I love it. Mitch, I'm addicted. I love nothing else more in this world than Twitter. Yeah, I know. And I, listen, unlike you, I don't deal well with, with negative feedback. It, it festers within me, and I just think and overthink it and overthink it. So I, I get it, but I, I, I couldn't, I, I don't understand, I don't know where we would be without this free website or service, whatever you want to call it. How Twitter is free is still beyond me. It is, if they made me pay $100 a month, I'd probably still do it. I don't have that kind of money, but yeah, probably. <laughs> Now I was going to go into Coffin Spring, but I, I stopped myself. <laughs> there it is. Mitch, anything else you want to get out for the episode tonight? Uh, no, I'm good. All right, so let's do some PSA stuff before we get out of here. Yeah. You can, wherever you're listening to this, please like, subscribe, rate, and review. All that stuff really helps with our searchability, and we really appreciate that and the support. You can also follow us on social media, so on Twitter at Eyes on Isles FS. My personal Twitter account is at Matt O'Leary NY. Mitch's is at TLO Mitch. You could also like our Facebook page, facebook.com slash Eyes on Isles. You can, like we mentioned earlier, subscribe to the Patreon. So for five bucks a month, you get post game podcasts for every single game, a weekly mailbag, a newsletter, and being able to support us, which we genu- genuinely really appreciate. And it's going to help us create more content for you guys. So if, if you do decide to, that's what you're getting out of it. Um, as always, you can visit the website, eyesonisles.com to read all of our stuff. You can download the app from wherever you get your apps, the Eyes on Isles app. And I think that's everything. That's a lot of stuff. But yes, yeah. that is everything. All right, Mitch, that's going to do it for us on this edition, episode number 60. I will talk to you next week. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. 
Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com.